Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. Let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind with your host Tim Nidell. I bet you probably thought you wouldn't hear that again, huh? I haven't had a new episode out since, I believe, April? Yeah, life got in the way, you know how it is. Been super busy with family, with work, all that fun stuff. But I am back. Saturday Morning Rewind is back. I've even got some episodes coming out very, very soon. Some new interviews for you to hear. And I'm really excited for what the future is bringing to Saturday Morning Rewind. And for today's interview, we're going all the way back to the 1960s. Because I have the one and only John Biner on the show today. He voiced the ant. Boy, that anteater almost got me. Hey, there's something I could sure use. Directions. Take one each day for health and vitality. I wonder if they work for us little ants. Hmm. Can't hurt to try. And also the aardvark. You know what they say. Everything comes to him who waits. So who am I to argue? I'll wait. On Ant and the Aardvark, shorts that I remember just adoring as a kid. And of course, he was also the voice of Gurgi on Disney's The Black Cauldron. Ooh, great prince. Give poor starving Gurgi munchings and crunchings. Nice apple. But before I play the interview, I do want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. And we do have a new tier system now for Patreon. And I'm excited about it. There's now three different tiers on our Patreon page. You got the first basic tier, the $2 tier. And then the next tier above that is going to be labeled the producer tier. Starting from now on, in every episode that we do, you'll be announced as the producer of the following episode. And the tier above that is the executive producer tier. Now, unfortunately, we don't have any executive producers yet, hopefully soon. But we do have a handful of producers I want to give a quick shout out to this month. We've got Chris, Tori Garvin, Gemma Bright, and Alan. And I think Alan, I think I've been pronouncing your name wrong. On Patreon, it says it's Alan S86. So from now on, that's what I'll call you, Alan S86. Thank you guys. And from now on, I will be calling you guys the producers of the following episode. And if you want to become the producer or executive producer of Saturday Morning Rewind, just go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, and click on the donation tab. Hey, Toonsters, this is Buster Bunny. No relation to Babs Bunny. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this very important interview from Saturday Morning Rewind. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am a huge fan of your work. Not just your voice work, but your stand-up. I love the uh, classic stand-up and your your stuff on um, at Sullivan Show. Just amazing stuff. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Let's go back a little ways, back to when you were a little kid. I I, I know I've, I've read the story of you uh, first copying voices after watching the Bing Crosby movie. 
But what about? Right. I didn't realize. I didn't realize I was able to do anything in six years old. I was taken to a movie <laughs> to see Bing Crosby in a movie that somebody looked up later in my life called uh, "Here Come the Waves" back okay. in '43 uh, uh, during the war, and uh, and I went <laughs> in there and uh, with her and Bing Crosby sang this song and and he and and when we got home, my mother uh, was at the at the stove and dad was sitting down. He came in late from work and he said, what'd you see at the movie today, Christina? And she said, let Johnny tell you. And I started doing accent to eat the positive. And uh-huh. That was the beginning <laughs> of getting attention from some, somebody for doing something that they didn't think anyone could do at six years old. At six years old. So they, uh, wow. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. were, were you sitting there watching the movie kind of imitating it or you just started imitating it when no, you got home? No, no, I had no, I went to the movie. Uh, it was the same. I'm telling you, my memories goes back sometimes. <laughs> my memory is the same time. And in between, they had the, they had the news in between movies. You had yep. two movies yep. you'd go to. It was, it was you know, it was definite. And they had a movie, uh, um, uh, a newsreel. And and uh, a sports a sports section, you know, the baseball games and this and that mm-hmm. and the other thing, and uh, and I remember this uh, all my life, and my, and and they they'd show the football plays in slow motion, and I asked my mother how how they could run like that, and she said they had special shoes, <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted those shoes for a lot of years after that, <laughs> until I got hip to it. At any rate. Uh, yeah, that she went. She we, and we went home, and I wasn't thinking about Bing Crosby, wasn't thinking about anything else, and that was thrown at me, and and I came up with accentuate the positive, That's just <laughs> and that amazing. was the beginning of of my getting attention and mom telling me, come on and show Aunt Annie <laughs> what you can, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know? Did you ever get into much trouble or in trouble at all at school for doing it? I I got I I just no I uh, luckily there were people that had a sense of humor you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. caught mimicking them <laughs> they had a sense of humor <laughs> in the navy I used to I used and when we were and doing drilling you know <laughs> drilling uh, on the big it was in uh, Bainbridge Maryland and there's a big uh, big field that you you do your drills in and marching to school and stuff like that radio school and. Uh, and the guy that was in charge of us, uh, uh, he uh, he had he walked like Popeye. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, so while we were walking, the guys would whisper me, "Hey, do Popeye, help do Popeye," <laughs> and I'd be, do do Popeye. And and uh, one day uh, I got caught doing it uh, while I was marching. I looked over, and there he was marching along, smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how people can have sense of humors like that. Did you ever yeah, run into any? Yes. Did you ever run into any celebrities who didn't have that same sense of humor after uh, seeing one of your performances? Well, it just happened to do with, uh, with what I had to say, and it was a, a guy I began to do when I was in the Navy. He was a pretty popular guy on the Carson Show and stuff, and or the Jack Parr Show, I guess, at the time. And he was George Jessel, and he talked like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he had these stories to tell, and, you know, and like that. So I... I'd, uh, uh, I, I was doing that with uh, Rich Little and Sheila McRae and I were on a craft musical special of some kind way back when. It was in color. <laughs> it wasn't past <laughs> that. And, uh, and uh, in, in the book, I mean, in the script, it, it, it had me uh, as Jessel and Sheila McRae as Zsa Zsa Gabor mm-hmm. and, or, or, the, or the other girl, the other sister, I don't remember which. But then Rich Little played Johnny Carson. 
okay, and where he's at the desk and we're on the couch, and I'm talking about, you know, what happened? Where did I go last weekend? I said, well, my my niece Heather and I, and he was uh, known for hanging around with young girls, uh-huh. or having them hang okay. around with him. He'd, he'd come into a, uh, a rehearsal or something and have two or three young girls with it. They were just, you know, fans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so uh, you know I was saying my niece Heather and my my you know all that stuff and uh, a month after the show was on I got a telegram saying that he was he was going to he was going to, uh, was going to sue me for uh, you know <laughs> a defamation of character. Wow. Yeah, and it turns and I called the agent. He said, and my agent said, "Oh, he every time he's out of work, he calls people and tries to sue them for something <laughs> or other." And he. <laughs> So he said, don't pay any attention. And you had nothing to do with it. It was in the script, and you were doing what was in the script. There's nothing to do with you. If he's going to sue somebody, he should sue the producer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so he worked it out for me. So, oh, and then wow. years later, years later, I was uh, working the Frontier Hotel, um, I think with Robert Goulet or somebody like that. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I got there the night before I had to open. And I saw on the marquee it was so many some somebody with George Jessel. I said, "Oh my God, George Jessel's closing tonight." Mm-hmm. And I and I got my it was night it was in the evening, uh, and I got the, the suite with the doors that open and go out to the pool area, and I'm I'm putting my clothes in the drawers and hanging up. And I think, "Oh, I get some air." I've been sitting all this way from L.A. in the car, and I see and it was a little. A misty night and it's like foggy and I see this figure by the pool. The lights from the pool are shining up and I see the figures there and and I, I get closer. I see it's George Jessel <laughs> and I said, "Hey George, how you doing?" He said, "Hey Johnny, you're going to do me tonight." <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. He probably didn't mind as much because he was actually working. He didn't need the uh, yes, extra money. Yes, indeed. He had the gig. Why should I care? <laughs> and uh, you know, but he got a big kick out of it. And I, I you know. <laughs> And then I started noticing comics doing my my George Jessel. <laughs> oh wow, that's well, that's an honor, I guess. Yeah, it's fun to see. You know, it's uh, nothing like impersonating the impersonator. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, they they do my Johnny Mathis too. And, and, okay. You know, but but I don't mind. You it's know, a, it's, it's great, a, and people it, always uh, bust them for it. <laughs> it's a form of flat, you know, flattery. You know, they're impersonating you. It's exactly so. the truth. Yeah, <laughs> and I said that's just great. So, so there you are. You have a good uh, radio voice. You've been thank doing it you. a long time. I've been doing interviews for about twenty years. I've had this show nice. here for about twelve, uh-huh. not twelve, uh, ten years. Yeah, no, ten years. <laughs> so yeah, it I've been. Like it does feel like twelve. <laughs> See, I've been I've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> well, that's good. You sound like you enjoy it. I do. I do. I really do. Good. L- a little behind-the-scenes story about why I started the podcast. Um, so it's really about going back and revisiting your childhood because I had an amazing childhood in Reno. And when my dad passed away, that's when I started the podcast was because I just uh-huh. wanted to revisit the amazing childhood that he helped give me. And I do that by uh-huh. interviewing people that I adored as a kid. And uh, you were one of them. Um, Ant and the Aardvark is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. I even think I like it better than Pink Panther. <laughs> Who invited me on, the, on to be part of their 
the S series for a while, the Pink Panther mm-hmm. series. Did you know mm-hmm. that? I did. Yeah. And the Aardvark and that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That was fun. And yeah, the Pink Panther. Did you? Uh, I I tell you the history of that. No, please please tell me. <laughs> I the, please tell about me. the voices. That is. Uh, I I had done a Sullivan show and then had flown out to do something in California, uh, early in my career, and uh, the Patty and Freeling are very famous for cartoons over the years. Uh, partners in cartoons uh, producing, and and they um, they had seen me on the, in the show, and they invited me to to uh, to their offices in uh, Hollywood while I was there through my agent, you know that, and uh, and they and uh, I sat in the office of uh, Fritz Freeling, uh, and and uh, and he said, uh, you know, he said some nice things about what I'd seen and this and that. Mm-hmm. And he said, I got the, these voices I need to do for a cartoon idea we have. And, uh, and he takes out this uh, sketch, a painted sketch of uh, about, I guess, about two and a half, three feet high and narrow. And, uh, and he said, this is the, this is the aardvark who's, uh, and his personality is very nervous and all he wants to do is, you know, get, get the ant in trouble. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I thought nervous and the first person I came to my mind was Jackie Mason. You know, it's always this and this. They should know what I'm talking about, business. <laughs> so he comes over to me and he said, "Think," you know. So I, <laughs> I gave that to him, and he said, "That's that sounds good. That sounds good." And then, I mean, I'm telling you, just I, I just had to do two voices, and and he was sold. Wow. And he said, "Now he's," and he takes out the ant, and he said, "The ant is kind of laid back and kind of like lackadaisical kind of guy." And and I started thinking about Dean Martin, you know, who says, "I guess I." I think I'll go to the couch. <laughs> and he liked that too. So, so there you go. Then that was the beginning. And he called the offices, called those people, and got their permission to use their own voices. Uh, okay, yeah. I always wondered about that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's the way it goes. Okay. Yeah. Now, the drawings that you saw were they pretty much what we see on the screen, or were they a little different? They, they became they became more. Uh, uh, I, I don't know how I can say. Uh, less cartoony and became more, <laughs> you know, it, it, they 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 formed nicely as as the cartoons went okay. on. I did seventeen of them, and they were played, as you know, in theaters. And, yep, and, and then bought by the television companies over the years. Yeah, I just picked them up on Blu-ray. I think it was maybe two months ago. So now they're on Blu-ray for people to enjoy. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the uh, high definition quality. Nice. Keeps them going. For sure, my little guys are still out there working. <laughs> what what yeah. was uh, what was Frizz Freeling like? You know, I I adore the man. He did so a very much. Very nice man, a very uh-huh. nice, calm, very nice man. Uh, well dressed. Um, you know, he had the the button down sweater you know, <laughs> and the tie in the office, and and uh, and and I had I had run oh oh I guess six or seven years after that after we did it. Uh, there was I was in some kind of a show I don't know what it was but I was <laughs> I was at one of those big conventions where you you sell the shows that you have made pilots for mm-hmm. and there he sat and I went over to him and and we were we had a nice conversation together he was happy to see me he said thanks for stopping by and all that oh that's awesome yeah, yeah I've always wondered what he yeah. was like because they don't really hear much about him very nice guy. Well, all the guys in the cartoon business would have to be nice, you know. Oh yeah. Come <laughs> <laughs> you can't say, get that damn thing painted. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. With a whip and all, whipping them in the back. <laughs> no, and I did the last, uh, the last uh, sketched by hand uh, cartoon 
uh, movie for Disney. Yes. Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron. I, uh, it's another great movie that I wish that they would actually get behind and support nowadays. It seems like they're always kind of trying to brush that one under the rug, you know, to forget about it. Well, yeah, it didn't make much money out there. I think it scared kids. Yeah, it came out. Of, it came out at a bad time or something. I don't remember. But yeah, kids it was have been scared by more. It was, by, it was a they, dark. Yeah, now they should push it a little bit. I, I know. Think. Yeah, it was an anniversary came up about it uh, recently. I don't remember when exactly. Yeah, and uh, I, I was reading that the first time it was ever released on home video was 1998, which is years after the fact. Yeah, it was hidden. It was, <laughs> it was put in a vault somewhere. Yep, some I guess because it hit the kids, I don't know. Yeah, it's got the uh, army of the, the army of the anyway. dead. I don't know. And in the in the in the in the original, they had uh, Gergi getting you know having his last breath there at the at the end, the character. Yeah, and so, then then they changed it. So he they, he died originally it. and never came back. Then. No, no, no. In in the. When they first viewed it, they they said, "No, you can't have Gergi dying at the end." You know, God okay. forbid if we have to do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> How did you uh, come up with a voice for Gertie? That's such, a, you know, that's it's not an impression, as far as I know. <laughs> no, no, it's something my brother used to do. Okay. My brother Michael, rest his soul. Yeah, he uh, he was. Uh, he was always getting attention about that in his with the gang with the gang in Laurel to Long Island. You know, they all there was all these little gangs. They didn't mean much, but it just you know all the guys that got together in the neighborhood. And uh, and he used to do that. And one day I just did it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was seven, and he was like fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's attention came to me. Look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so uh, and then later on, we used to use it. We used to use it when Mike would take me out. We'd go out to a restaurant, and, they, and somebody would be kind of rude, you know. Mm-hmm. The waiter or waitress mm-hmm. was be, you know, two kids alone in the restaurant, no, no adult, and uh, <laughs> and we we used to uh, like give them a hard time <laughs> by talking like that because we looked the same. I looked like his brother, and we talk like this, and you still got it. <laughs> Yeah, and she'd say, all right, what do you guys want? Come on, we don't have all day, for example. And Mike would give me the look, and then he'd pick up his menu and say, let me see. Um, and it's a hamburger, french fried potatoes, and a Coca-Cola. And then the woman would kind of, you know, like, what is with this? And she'd turn to me and say, you? I'll have the same thing. <laughs> and I said, what the <laughs> Wow. Hopefully yeah, you yeah. tipped well. Oh, <laughs> no, I think we were even. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so when you went in to uh, voice Gertie or when they, when they, did they ask you to voice Gertie or did you audition? Oh, yes. They were looking for a different kind of voice and someone knew about me. I think Joe, uh, I've forgotten the last name of the gentleman who was always on the set. Uh, in the uh, studio when we were doing this, and that took five years to do. I was doing my show in Bazaar, and every every so often I'd get a call. The next time you're in town, we'd like to see you in the studio, and I'd pick it up and do some more dialogue, and then I'd go away, and they'd paint some more, and they'd go there. To... Yeah, four or five years. Was it the same kind of process? It showed you a picture of of Gertie. Gertie? No, no, no. I just I just remember they they just wanted this. Uh, different kind of voice and, okay. and then they get they'd have the script you know 
Okay. They didn't. It was like they didn't have a figure that I could mount. You know, yeah. Sink sink with or anything like that. It was just. Yeah, well, I'll go home. And they'd say, "Well, he's got to be a little sad here." Well, I'll go home. You know, something <laughs> like that. What What about the uh, recording I, sessions for that? Was that any different from Ant and the Aardvark, or pretty much the same? Yeah, pretty pretty. Uh, well, you know, Disney's bigger. Uh, the Ant and the Aardvark was a smaller studio, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know they had these huge they had these huge things and. But old old equipment at the time, <laughs> like the big fat microphone mm-hmm. you'd see yep. the guys using in the old movies, the big <laughs> silver thing. Anyway, um, they they kind of held on to their equipment until it, it actually begged to be thrown out. <laughs> but but uh, it, it was a much bigger scene, a much larger larger in in the size of the studios and the the glass container you you, you get into. Yep. <laughs> basically, the booth. Yeah. And, and the voice sounds like it's coming really from the back of the throat. Did that was it hard to maintain while recording, or is that pretty natural for you to do? No, it's easy. I can talk talk like that forever. You know, I can finish the rest of the conversation like that. You know, I, I, part of me wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike and I used to sing like that together, and uh, as you said, there's a thing that Carol Burnett did. With Harvey Corman, where he's he plays Disney and he's got to fire me. <laughs> have you seen that? I have not. It's on YouTube, I think. The firing of Donald Duck. Okay. With Harvey Corman. I'm going to oh, watch that. <laughs> I'm going to put. Fun. They came up with a beautiful outfit for me, and they got the lips that moved when I talked and stuff. Wow. The beak. Oh, it's really amazing. It's fun. <laughs> You'll get a big kick. Out yeah, of I'm definitely going to watch that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was wondering about Anthony Aardvark, since I've seen a lot of your sketches, a lot of your impressions online from your stand-up and everything, and you really embody the uh, person you're impersonating. Is it the same way when you're behind the microphone? Do you have to use your body and transform into that character, or is that not really necessary when just no, doing the voice? No, I don't think. No, I never I never did. Like, I don't do Dean Martin flailing my arms. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit there and I talk into the microphone. And wait a minute, if you want to talk to him, I'll talk to you. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, okay. I was yeah. wondering, because, you know, you see, like... No, that's act- act- those guys are actors, you know, they're doing, they're doing the Marlon Brando thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your book that just came out recently, uh, Five Minutes, Mr. Biner, released yeah. in August of 2020, right? That's right. August 1st it was released, yeah. Tell me about your book. Well, my book is all about my my beginnings, my family, and and uh, and how it's the, like the Bing Crosby movie, and when I got, and blah 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 blah, and then into <laughs> into my service in, in the Navy, and then oh, okay. into uh, you know my memoirs, and basically, and then on into the tele the Ed Sullivan talk about Ed Sullivan working with him and things he said, and blah blah blah, working with Danny Thomas things he said, and blah blah blah, <laughs> you know, and 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 uh, and and all those uh, wonderful things, uh, Henry Fonda and. Uh, and all those people, Burt Reynolds, and all those people I worked mm-hmm. with, and Dinah Shore, and oh my God, you know, it goes on and on and on. And I just had these people, I had these stories in my head, and a lot of people say, well, hey, what, whatever, why did you think about writing a book? You know, you write a book, you got stories to tell. Yeah. I got stories to tell. And if, if, I, if I was on a, a bus or train with somebody I know or didn't know, sitting next to me, and they happen to say, they recognize me, and they ask, hey, you did so-and-so, do you know anything about, what do you know about him? And I tell them, you know, 
mm-hmm. mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't nice, I wouldn't tell them. Yeah, it would spoil it. For, you know. <laughs> Is are the, your Elvis encounters in the book? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love love yeah. Elvis. Yeah, hung out with him a couple of times. Yeah, I, I saw an interview where you're talking about that, and I'll let the uh, listeners find out that story by reading well, your book. That's very clever of you. I appreciate that. Of course, of course. And I'm going to read your book <laughs> yeah. as well. That's a lot of people ask me in the interviews I've done, about 30 of them since the book was uh-huh. released. And and, uh, and they ask me, uh, you know, we don't want to tell, don't you don't want to tell too much about your book, but what, tell them that one about the thing about the, you know, <laughs> tell us about the, the other book. Yeah. Tell us all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I get the picture. I get in my mind a picture of someone who's bought the book and they're reading something. They say, "Wait a minute! I heard somebody else talk about." Yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. No, you don't want to spoil it. It was me. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to spoil it. Was it. I. <laughs> and so uh, there's an audio book released, right? Of it, of you. Is the it you? Thing, yeah, I got up. I did. I did twenty trips up to the studio from where I live <laughs> to to do the to do the. Uh, yeah, and it, uh, it it was quite interesting. I'd never done it before, and. And it was me doing me, <laughs> and yep. the people. Some of the people I ran into, I do impersonations as I went along, rather than saying. And he said to me, "I just do the person." It sounds like yeah. I might need to pick the audio book up so I can hear you do the impressions. And uh, do you have any stories in there about the animation work that you did? I I don't know if I did. I talked about. I've been talking about things so many times uh-huh. that I don't remember it's in the book or as I talked about on the. No, but uh, uh, I believe I did talk about the Ant and the Aardvark okay. in there. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to pick that up then. That'd be awesome to listen and read as well. If, I, if, I, if, it's, not, if it's not in the audio, you just give me a call and I'll, I'll tell you what you want to <laughs> There <hear>. you go. <laughs> All right, that's a deal. I... <laughs> All right. Where, where can uh, people find the book at? Oh, Amazon, Five Minutes, Mr. Biner. You know why that that's called that, I you? do, I do, because uh, your whole career, that's kind of what you were used to them saying before uh, yeah, one of your sets. Yeah, knocking on the or, door. So yeah. Five minutes, or well, the phone ring. Five minutes, Mr. Biner. That, and if you work in place long enough, it's, John, you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's your second book then. <laughs> the flip side. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's Five Minutes, Mr. Biner, Amazon, and uh, Bonds and & Noble, and... Uh, any place else that sells books, I think. Perfect. Seriously, thank you so much. Like I said, big fan of it's your my work. My pleasure. My pleasure. So it this really has been is. a true honor. Can I have you close out the show as Ant and the Artwork? So what kind of dialogue are you <laughs> Do whatever you want to do. Ant, you're going to, what are you doing here? Aren't you going to the picnic? No, I think I'll just stay around the house here for a while, see what's going on. What do you mean? You are the picnic. Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.